Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You know, we make plans for the future. Nothing wrong with that. But think about this. And the Lord was ministering this to me this last week. If we as Christians really understood that our eternal life will be determined by how we spent and what we did in this life, it would change our life. It would change everything. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Eternity is a hard concept to grasp when all we know is this worldly life. Pastor J.D. talks to us today about having a mindset for eternity. When you set your mind on things not of this world, you'll have a heavenly attitude that seeks after God's will first. Don't get caught up with earthly things because they'll fade. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Colossians chapter 3. We're only going to take the first four verses today. I think you'll see why here in a moment. The Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and says, verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, And here's why, verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, verse 4, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Oh, can't wait. I want to talk with you today about how it is that we as Christians can live our life through the lens of eternal life, and specific to how we view the trials in life, pain and suffering, the difficulties that we face in our lives in this fallen world. Doubtless you've heard that saying, that Christians can be so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. Uh, Apparently you have by that response. You'll forgive me, but I haven't met that person yet. Have you? I have yet to meet anybody that was so heavenly minded that they were absolutely of no earthly good. Actually, I have met those who are so heavenly minded, their mindset, their minds are set on things above. They have a heavenly mindset, and as such, they are of such earthly good. That's what Paul's talking about here 
in our text today, and that's what I want for us to talk about. I would submit it's the opposite that's true, such that the more heavenly minded we are, the more earthly good our lives will be, and the more earthly good we'll do with our lives as well. C.S. Lewis said it best in his book, Mere Christianity. Listen to what he says about this. A continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians, listen to this, it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. And then he says this, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Oof. This is what Paul is saying. I wrote it out in my notes, so bear with me, because I know that if I try to do this extemporaneously, I will completely botch it. It's a gift. So here's what I wrote. If we're raised with Christ, we'll seek those things of Christ, by setting our hearts and minds on Christ, because we're hidden in Christ, and will soon be in heaven with Christ. That sounds pretty good. Huh? I came up with that all by myself. No, I didn't. The Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit just, I mean, this morning when I got up, just, I'm like, Lord, there's these four verses that I'm going to have the privilege to teach in this, your church, to these, your people, are so powerfully packed full of truth, life-changing truth. In other words, the heavenly-minded Christian sees both their trials and triumphs in light of that day when Christ appears, and we will be with Him in glory. It's that heavenly mindset. It's thinking on the things above, the glory that awaits. Dare I say, 
the rewards that await too. You know, I was struck this last week with how many times in the Gospels the Savior talks about, especially in the parables, about how that this life, as brief and short as it is, will determine our eternal life, which never ends. The rewards that await, and certainly the Apostle Paul talks about it as well. And you know, we're kind of funny about it as Christians, because it's almost self-serving to talk about, hey, I'm laying up treasures in heaven, rewards in heaven. I'm going to have crowns. I'm going to have jewels and rewards and a mansion, and I'm going to be rewarded in heaven for that which I did here on earth. We don't think like that, do we? You know, we make plans for the future. Nothing wrong with that. But think about this. And the Lord was ministering this to me this last week. If we as Christians really understood that our eternal life will be determined by how we spent and what we did in this life, it would change our life. It would change everything. Maybe I need to explain that a little bit more. Do the math. Let's say that God gives us three score and ten, 70 years. Some of you are looking at me going, well, <laughs> my card got punched like, you know, a few years ago. Well, maybe more. Let's call it 80 years. Let's call it 90 years. You know what? Let's call it 100 years. Fine. 100 years. What you do in that span of 100 years will determine what you'll be doing in a billion years. You know, you're going to be doing something in a billion years. And in 10 billion years. And in 100 billion years. And all that we will be doing for all of eternity will have been predicated upon the years that we had here in this life. It was C.T. Studd who said it best. He said, soon one life will be passed, and only that which was done for Christ will last. This is why I have notes, because when I try to venture off, I get myself into trouble. Let me see if I can just be very simple and clear when I say it this way. If God had the ability, inasmuch as He was able, to give us a glimpse of the rewards that could be ours in eternity, while yet here on earth, I would venture to say that it would change every decision we make. It would change how we spent our time. It would change every relationship we have. It would change everything we do. Because now we're doing everything in light of eternity. Here's the question, and I have to ask it of myself. The question is this, how is that which I am presently doing 
going to impact eternity. You know, we take nothing with us. As one said, you'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You can send it ahead. You cannot take anything with you. But here's the thing. There are going to be people in heaven that are going to be there because of what you and I did here on earth. This is why it is, I believe, the Proverbs says, the one who wins souls is wise. They get it. You know why? Because there's coming a day, soon and very soon, I truly believe, and I believe you believe that too. There's coming a day, soon and very soon, when that trumpet is going to sound, <laughs> the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up and be with the Lord forever. And the people that are going to be there with us, how about the people that are going to be there because of us? Oh my goodness. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, it is impossible, it is unfathomable, it is incomprehensible, as the Apostle Paul would say, almost criminal to even try to describe the glory that awaits us. I think if God could somehow show us what awaits us, it would ruin us forever. Can I say it that way? I mean in a good way. <laughs> it would ruin all of our plans, for sure. It would ruin everything for Him. Because now I'm looking at my life through the lens of my eternal life. Do you realize that your eternal life began the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ and were born again of the Spirit of God? That's when your eternal life started. But when we're in eternity, and I've been thinking about this too, and this is maybe another topic for another time, as it relates to the rewards in heaven. Nothing wrong with wanting rewards in heaven. But you have to understand that when we get there, we're going to have different... Uh, why are you looking at me like that? There's not going to be anybody in heaven going, man, I totally blew it. There's not going to be any regrets in heaven, but I, here's what I am thinking. There are going to be those in heaven, because of how they spent their life here on earth, that will have glorious and grand and eternal riches, incomprehensible, while others will not. Let me say it this way. You cannot lose your salvation, but you can lose out on your rewards. And it all, I believe, hinges on where our minds are set, our mindset. This is why in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Maybe I can say it like this. You and I are what we think. This is one of the most 
powerful truths that I'm learning personally in my own walk with the Lord is that my thought life impacts my life either for good or for bad. This is why it is so important to take every thought captive. This is why the Apostle Paul to the Philippian church says, very important to think on those things that are pure and true and of a good report. Have your your mind set. And let me talk about this word mindset, because I think we we just kind of rush through that word and, okay, oh, a mindset. That's their mindset. You know what mindset means? I know this is going to be deeply profound, but it means that you have your mind set. Like I said, I know that's, wow, deeply profound, right? Let me say it this way. Like last night, I had my alarm set, but I also had my mind set before I went to bed. You know what I had my mind set on? My mind was set on the fact that I have to get up at 3 o'clock a.m. Otherwise, I'll stand up here and say to you, I don't have anything, so we're just going to have Testimony Sunday. (laughs) I have to get up that early. So I set my mind, like I set my alarm clock, to get up at 3 o'clock. And by the way, you do that too. You probably didn't even know that. That's why it is that when you go to bed, knowing that you have to get up at a certain time, sometimes you'll get up even before your alarm clock goes off. Why? Because you set your mind, just like you set your clock. I hope that's not a dorky illustration, but that's what the mindset is. It's what you set your mind on. And here Paul is saying to the Colossians, don't set your mind on earthly things, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If your mind is set on earthly things, guess what? Guess what your life's going to be? It's going to be an earthly and worldly life. Why? Because your mind's set on earthly things. Conversely, if your mind is set on the things of heaven, then that's what your life is going to be like. Because as a man thinks, as a man's mindset is, so is he. So here I am, and I'm thinking on the things that are above. My mind is set on Him. My heart is set on Him. Oh, that changes everything. Now I'm dancing to the beat of the drum that He's playing instead of the drum that the world is playing. I think that classic, timeless hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, says it all. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. I hope you'll kindly allow me to share with you four scriptures I actually had to condense it. There are so many, many more, but these four 
have been such a blessing to me, such an encouragement to me personally in this regard. It has been these verses, these promises, these passages in God's Word that have gotten me through some very, very difficult times. The first one is Romans 8 verse 18. By the way, let me parenthetically say that the entire chapter of Romans 8, one of the greatest chapters in all of the pages of Holy Writ, especially if you're here today and you're really struggling in a trial, perhaps doubting the love that God has for you. Here you are in this situation and it seems like even your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. God is nowhere to be found. Romans 8 is a much needed reminder that there is nothing, no thing that could ever, ever separate you from the love that God has for you, neither height, nor depth, nor principality, nor power, nor angel, nor anything, anything created. No thing can separate you from the love that God has for you. Well, he feels very distant from me right now. Oh, he's there. I would really encourage you to spend some time and meditate on, and even pray through the entire chapter of Romans 8. I want to draw your attention to verse 18. It's a life verse for me, especially when I'm in a situation where I'm just thinking, man, this is hard. <laughs> this is hard. A three-word prayer. God answers three-word prayers. Ask Peter. He starts to sink after walking on water. <laughs> he doesn't have time for, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He'd be too late. So his prayer is, Lord, save me. Boom. The Lord hears and answers that prayer. Listen to what Paul says. I consider, I've done the math. Some of your translations use the, the word, I reckon. I like that one, y'all. I reckon. It comes from the word, I've reconciled. I've created, you know, the, the two columns on both sides of the, the sheet, and I've reconciled, and I've compared, and I've concluded that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The book of Colossians was written long ago to followers of Jesus, but the truth it conveys is relevant to your life right now. As with many of the early churches, false teachers were plaguing the Colossian church, and false teachers try to derail people today. They use pieces of scripture to sound legitimate, but often these passages are taken out of context and lack the love and truth intended by the author. These false teachers can be difficult to spot, but through studying God's Word and staying connected to Him, you'll have the ability to see them as the deceivers they are. We pray you continue to study God's Word for yourself, even after our time with you today on In Spirit and Truth Has Ended. 
If you'd like to keep listening, we do encourage you to visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Our audio library is available in the archive, or you can also take these teachings on the go with our mobile app. Find links to download at our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This app is a great asset for your time of study. Not only will you have Pastor JD's Bible teachings, there's also helpful links and access to the latest editions of Pastor JD's weekly Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor JD takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. That's all we have time for today. Join us next time for more from Colossians right here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth.